Hello and welcome to Matters of the Heart. I am Gabriel Gonzalez, an international coach, teacher, and trainer specialized in the field of heart intelligence. I help people create relationships, lifestyles, and careers that they absolutely love. And I do this by showing you how to access your inner resources of love, joy, wisdom, and power that become available to you when you choose to start connecting with your emotional, intuitive, energetic, and spiritual heart. Through individual and group coaching programs, online courses, and live seminars, I teach a wholehearted or a heart-centered approach to personal and spiritual development, emotional mastery, and conscious relationship building. Basically, I'm here to help you create the most amazing, loving, joyful, wise, and powerful version of you. You can find out more about me and the work that I've been called to do in this life by visiting my website, heartintelligencecoach.com, where you can book a session with me or find out more about my upcoming seminars around the world. Today in Matters of the Heart, we're going to be talking about how to know if you are truly walking your path. It's a bit of a continuation on the conversation we started last week on what it means to follow the path of your heart. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, um, I would advise that you consider listening to that one first um, and then coming back to this podcast if you're watching the replays. Before we get started, though, uh, let me remind you that uh, if you're listening to us live via Zoom, um, you can ask your questions by typing them in in the Q&A section that's at the bottom of your screen, and I'll do my best to answer them during our time together. So let's go ahead and take a few moments then to center ourselves in our hearts. Uh, we always... I always like to think of whenever we begin an activity, before you begin your day, before you begin an important conversation with somebody, that you first put your heart on, really, that like put the light of your heart on. So we begin then by centering ourselves always before you do anything um, in our hearts. And the way we do this is by taking a few moments to enter our energetic, all-knowing, spiritual heart by connecting with our physical heart. And the way we do this is by putting a hand over our heart or in the middle of our chest and literally feeling, feeling into this area right in the middle of your chest as you begin to slowly breathe in and out of the heart. Remembering that breath, which is the Latin word for breath, is spirit, spiritus. The breath, the spirit is what allows the heart to be energized. Without oxygen, without air, you cannot power your heart. Notice that the more you, when you're running and you need a lot of energy, what do you do? You breathe heavily, right? Deeply. And so whenever we want to energize our hearts, what we do is we breathe deep into the heart. So begin to breathe in and out of the heart. And you want to breathe slowly, deeply, and evenly. Imagining that you are being held right now in the arms of someone that you deeply love. Making the breath nice and even, deep, slow. And as you do this, I want you to put on a big smile. And think about someone that you love or deeply care for. And as you allow the feeling of love, care, 
appreciation for this person. It could also be a divine being if you wanted to, but anything or anyone that evokes a feeling of care, compassion, appreciation, love. As you do this, just allow the following words to, to sink into your heart. As we begin by, in the name of the Father, the Mother, the Christ within us, the Buddha nature within us, the Atman presence, or just simply the divine in human form within us to attune, connect, and align to the infinitely loving, all-knowing, all-powerful heart of God, the central sun of the cosmos, of the universe, the all-loving, all-knowing intelligence in which we're now breathing, living, being, and having our being right here, right now, calling forth within us the same qualities of love, wisdom, and power of the Godhead to be fully realized, ignited, blazed is in, inside our own hearts by the activation of the love, wisdom, and power. Beginning to see these as a threefold flame that is now ignited, burning in our hearts. The same threefold flame of love, wisdom, and power is what people refer to as the blood of the Christ the light of the Christ that burns inside of us. So we are igniting this light that was also in the Christ, Jesus the Christ, that was also in Gautama, the Buddha, expressed as compassion. The light that heals all pain, transmutes, transmutes the past, offers us self-compassion, forgiveness for our past mistakes, clearing anything and everything that is blocking us from experiencing love right here and right now. We give thanks for this connection. We give thanks for knowing that this is the experience of this moment and that we choose to carry this threefold flame within our own hearts now fully balanced and active, amplified, not only from here forward, for, but for the rest of the week, the rest of the month to come that what we are experiencing right now is real and true and that this light within ourselves is what through its all-knowing capacity guiding us our own, our own path of the heart. That the path of the heart cannot really be, become fully realized until we begin to follow the love, the wisdom and take action in the power or through the power of this loving intelligence that we access through our hearts. Therefore, we can say that the heart and the path and the path and the heart, they are one and the same. So we give thanks for this knowing. We give thanks for knowing that we are now attuning and aligning our hearts and our minds into a greater intelligence that is opening up, opening us up to welcoming new insights, new ideas within ourselves as we listen to these words. For this, we're infinitely grateful and thankful, and we let it be, and so it is, and it is so. Hmm. How to know if you're truly walking your path? Are you walking your path? What do you think? As I'm asking you this question, what comes up for you? Is there an absolute yes, I am, or mm, I'm not sure, or well, maybe, or what do you mean by walking my path? 
are you not sounding a little bit general gabs a little bit um a little bit uh yeah um idealistic what does that mean well again when i talk about the path of the heart more than a spiritual path of compassion and love as as taught uh, by jesus and the buddha and so many of the great spiritual masters and teachers but when, what i'm really referring to is a path of courage um a path that we embark on whenever we make the decision to love ourselves enough to courageously act, courageously go after 100% of what we believe in our minds and know in our hearts is possible for our lives. What I'm talking about is going after an amazing life, a life that is extraordinary, not in a glamorous kind of a way, but in a way that we are following what we would call the path of our destiny. The life that we know in our hearts, we came here to live. You know, is that, is that same life that if you ever watch the movie Star Wars, is that same life that the beginning in the very first movie um, that Luke Skywalker, he's looking at the horizon and he knows that out there, there is a life that's, that is different than the one that he's living. That out there, there are adventures, there's people he's yet to meet, there are gifts to be developed. There is something that he is longing to experience, um, as Joseph Campbell would say, um, a life where he feels fully alive, where he's connecting with people from a place of greater um, love, from a grade of a place of greater compassion. You know, have you ever? Have you ever been in the presence of someone um, where you suddenly you just feel more alive, more you than you ever have? Well, more often than not, those people that allow you to feel that are people who themselves have been fully inspired to follow their own path, their own destiny, and become, in essence, the person that they've always known in their hearts that they have been. Um, from a quantum physics perspective or a non-duality perspective, the person that you're destined to become, you already are that. You know, in a timeless dimension where there's no past, present, or future, which is the dimension of the heart, the, obviously the, the, the linear representing more the, the linearity of the mind, um, but in this timeless dimension, who you are destined to become, you already are, in essence. That's why when, whenever you feel or, or whenever you start getting some uh, catching visions or little pieces of this person that you are to become, it appears that you, it's a vision that you are creating. But the truth is that what, what is really happening is that you are remembering who you really are, who you came here to be and what you have already done, which is one of the reasons whenever we pray, um, to connect and align with our own path, we say it is done. Because in the level of the spiritual, of the energetic, of the nonlinear, whatever it is that you want to experience, do, be, or have, it's already done. So it is a path of self-love, as I was talking about last week, because it begins by you loving yourself enough. I'm going to love myself enough to stop settling for this life that society that my parents told me I should have, that every television commercial insisted that I needed to have in order to feel or to be happy. 
you know, and I'm going to go after my own destiny. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm choosing to be the captain of my own ship and I'm choosing to really go out like the boy in the alchemist in search of my future, my destiny, or some people call that the treasure that lives within you. So that is what the heart of the, the path is. It's ultimately the journey of moving into the heart and beginning to embrace that you are more than your parents, society, culture, your family have told you that you are, that you are an infinite being with a specific purpose and mission to be unfolded, to be uh, manifested in this lifetime. And that your journey towards becoming, being, doing, and having all those things is ultimately when you guided by an intelligent system that lives within you as this three flame uh, or threefold flame or three qualities of God that reside in your heart that I was praying for um, or invoking within us at the very beginning of love, wisdom, and power. So, Accessing this wisdom, accessing this power will undoubtedly um, begin to create a transformational or a uh, transmutating uh, effect in your life. What that means is that when, the moment, and I've seen this happen so many times, the moment you begin to align with the intelligence of your heart and the greater path or purpose that is here for you, one of the things that will happen is your life as you know it including many of the, rela the relationships that support that life, will begin to fall apart. You will go through some kind of a death, the, the death of your old self, if you may, um, to the point where you may experience something that people would refer to as the dark night of your soul, or I often like to say it as, call it actually the dark night of your ego, which basically means that all these false notions about who you think you are, who you've been led to believe that you are, will begin to fall apart. You know, the, when we talk about growing in our ability to be more loving, more um, wise or knowing, all-knowing and more powerful, um, what that means is that we, the journey begins then by letting go of all the blocks and all those things that are not, that are keeping us from love which means oftentimes we have to begin to embrace all those aspects of ourselves that are unloving, all those areas of ourselves where we don't feel worthy of love, where we feel shame about who we are or an aspect of our physical bodies or something. So on the journey, on the path, all these false notions um, as dragons become visible sometimes within us. So we experience all sadness, um, uh, shame, these feelings, or we begin to draw into our lives people, events, and circumstances that will then um, begin to mirror those for us. You know, so, for example, if you decide that you're going to follow your path, and part of your path obviously invokes learning how to become a much more unconditional, loving person, well, the universe, the path, your path will then draw towards you people who will help you grow, bring up all those aspects of yourself that are not, that are unloving, where you're not loving yourself or others so that you can then grow. And then as you begin to step forward 
and begin to own all those aspects of yourself that you're, you're not loving, then you begin to be guided by a higher intelligence of love, wisdom, and power. In other words, the, the unseen, uh, unseen help, if you may, uh, begins to begin, begins to begin, <laughs> begins to guide you uh, along the path. So it is a path then that as you begin to embrace it, not only begins to slowly peel away all those layers of what I would refer to as your false self or your false identity or your, or your limited self um, or your personality. You know, um, somebody, I heard somebody call this the, 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 the fault, what is it called? The, the dweller of the threshold, um, meaning you're a being that is basically fabricated, a false being um, that is basically made up of uh, the race consciousness, the, the culture. Um, it, but it's a personality that is basically very limited. That's why we call it a false self because it's, it's, it's based or it's founded upon a false premise that says that for example, in order to be happy, you have to have a relationship. In order to be happy, you have to have money in the bank. In order to be happy, you have to have your soulmate. You know, in order to be happy, this, that, then that. So what ends up happening is you end up chasing this, these experiences outside of yourself, giving up all your power away and your, your capacity to be here happy now. Uh, when ultimately, that is your divine right. It is part of what begins to rise naturally in, through, and as you, the moment you begin to remove all these blocks, these obstacles to love. It's in essence what Rumi referred to when he said that our path is not to seek love, but to literally remove all the blocks that are keeping us from uh, experiencing love. All right, so the path at the very beginning, you know, for many people as they begin to connect to love, um, oftentimes feels very wonderful and there are synchronicities and new pathways open up and a teacher may show up and new experiences that excite you. But along the journey, all these other aspects of yourself that are not based on truth, that are not in harmony with the whole, um, they have to be left. They have to be left behind. It's the essence of what Jesus meant and um, in the story in, in the uh, Christian Bible, where a young man with lots of money came up to him and said, Master, I want to follow you. And, and he basically said, great. Um, to do that, you will have to give away all your possessions and then come follow me. And, you know, and, it, and it's not really a, a moral or a thing about money. It's, you know, the, 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 the metaphor or the... the um, the stories, the allegories really speaking about all those things that we have acquired along the way that are not ours, that do not belong to you. The shame that you receive from your parents when you were told you were not good enough, smart enough, not handsome enough by society, by publicity, television commercials, television shows, books that you read, friends in school. I mean, all those false notions that you took it on and you, like, like possessions in a house, things that you get attached to, you make them your own. So all those things that you have acquired from the world that belong to the world and only to the world must be surrendered, must be, must be given up. 
you know, so that you can enter as a, as a child. And what that means is with the innocence, the openness, the playfulness of a child. Um, you know, if you notice, if you leave a child for a few hours with just like a, some wood and some rocks, a, a child has not really been um, sort of owned by the world yet or programmed by the world. We'll use those rocks, we'll use those tones, and we'll derive many, many hours of happy playfulness, um, joy, playing out in nature with all the things that are freely provided by our creator and the elements of nature, um, providing tremendous amount of joy. As he understands at some level that his or her essence is one of joy. And so what we're really doing then is then is we're stripping away all those things that do not belong to us. And then as we do that, the light of the heart begins to slowly, to slowly come more and more and more alive, which is our natural inheritance from the divine. We begin to unify more and more and more with our own source, begin to see um, that our, this thing that we call happiness or joy or compassion is ultimately our divine inheritance is part of the built-in mechanism. It's already there for the taking. We were born with it. And then that is then what begins to then to guide us, that sense of being alive. There's a lot of simplicity to it. And what begins to happen is something much greater than you begins to guide you, bringing to you the right people, the right events, the right circumstances. And you begin to enter it in some kind of what I can only describe as a flow. This is a realm of synchronicities where the right books, the right people, the right circumstances begin to flow the way the money that you need for whatever it is just shows up just at the right moment for the experience that at some level you knew you were meant to have or were longing to experience. So that is the path. You begin to be guided towards away from the life that society or your parents plan for you towards a life that is waiting for you. Okay, what that means ultimately is that whatever that life is, whatever this path is, is unique to you, which means no two people, no two souls share the exact same path. I'm gonna repeat this because this is very important. No two people, no two show, no two souls share the exact same path. You may have people who may be walking by your side, heading in the same direction. But their path, especially when it comes as the aspect of the path that is the inward journey of their own individual lessons, will be unique. Like for example, you and I could be walking to, you know, to Rome, or for example, you know, in, in, in just a few days, I'm gonna be leaving uh, South Africa and traveling to Spain to walk the Camino de Santiago. And let's say I meet someone who's walking the path with me. All right. So they might be someone who, you know, we're sharing the same path. They might be walking right next to me. We might even be wearing the exact same clothing. You know? But the truth is that they, the reason why they're walking and the reason why I'm walking, even though we're walking the same path, might be completely different because we are two individuals who have different life purposes, different lessons to be learned. And obviously my lessons may, you know, may inspire, uh, even help and heal and guide the other person and vice versa. But ultimately we each have to do our own walk. 
we each have to do our own walk. Nobody can walk it for us and each walk is unique to us. So it begins then the moment that you begin to open up to the possibility that, um, that they're out there, there is something waiting for you. And that then that thing, whatever that thing may be, because it will take on different shapes and forms throughout your life. You know, the, the path is not something that you ever finish. It's more really how you show up for life, for life. Um, and so it will begin to start looking for the majority of us as some kind of a vision, because it is always a vision that gets you started on the path, right? It is the idea, for example, of wanting to uh, set up your own business, become an entrepreneur, leave a relationship where you're very unhappy, um, to pursue a relationship um, that you might call a soulmate level relationship or a romantic relationship that has a very strong spiritual component to it. Um, or it might be healing your heart um, after a major breakup, or it might be um, just finally aligning with your life purpose. You know, whatever that is for you, what, what, is, what is required for you to begin to know if you're really walking your true path is that at some point, a vision, a vision must evolve and be created. A vision must evolve and be created. A vision of what it is and why it is that you're beginning to walk the path in the first place. That's what kind of gets you out of your ass. That's what gets you out of your comfort zone. That's what gets you out of your current situation. The desire for something different. Okay, That's what gets ultimately um, Luke Skywalker out of his ass when he sees out there there is a different potential. And oftentimes... You know, with the, the truth is that the path of the heart in, in so many ways, it, um, it is the same path that um, Joseph Campbell was referring to when he talked about the hero's journey. The hero's journey goes on the path of their heart. They go on to seek a higher possibility, a higher, higher way of being, a greater alignment with something much bigger than them. And it's very often um, the experience of many people uh, who travel, who have had the courage to travel their path, um, the first experience is that we refuse the call, we reject the call. And it's mostly out of fear because within us, there's always, there's a part of us, the same limited self, ego, false self, whatever you want to call it, there's different names for it, you know, that is so afraid of losing control is so afraid of losing friends, family, um, the love of people, the comfort of your current lifestyle, so afraid to um, losing the weekly paycheck, the monthly paycheck, is so afraid of losing control and losing itself um, that it will somehow sabotage and it will refuse the call. It will happen. And so what will, what will inevitably happen is... Um, you will end up saying no <laughs> to a great opportunity that will come your way. When, an opportunity that you know deep down in your heart will transform you. But at the same level, deeper down into your gut, it will scare the hell out of you. 
and you'll you'll rationalize it and you'll say, no, well, you know, I don't have the money to do this, and uh, who am I going to, you know, how am I going to take, who's going to take care of myself, and who's going to take care of my son and my daughter or my business or this or, you know, what's going to happen, and then I'm going to lose my friends, and you'll you'll find you'll rationalize all these fears um, into a way, and you'll talk yourself out of what could be the most powerful transformative experience of your life more often than not this is a necessary step along the journey so you shouldn't feel bad about it because it's actually it's part of the journey it brings you back into your current reality where little by little you begin to reconnect with the pain the pain the suffering and continue to dwell in the desire of what's really wanting to be or to seek to be expressed within you. So you'll go back to your, to your routine, to your relationship, and you go there until you reach that point where primarily through pain, you'll arrive at that place in time when you'll say, you know what, I'm sick and tired and sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of this life or of this relationship or this job or this relationship. I've had it, you know, until you've, you've just done enough of that thing which you've you're tired of doing, which you know it's not you. It's not why you came to this world. It's not the reason why God created you and you know this in your heart. Until you just like send everybody to hell and you finally just pack up your bags and you leave. You leave. You burn your bridges. You do whatever it is. You know, and I believe that it's almost like for the majority of us, it's a situation where you either, you either shift or you're shifted. Um, and what I mean by that is that you either have a vision that is strong enough and you'll say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And so you jump in the water and you initiate the journey and, and the shift and the changes that are required along the way, or you wait until something happens, like you get fired from your job, um, or you get very sick, um, can't even go to your job anymore. So you now have to sit with all this discomfort. Uh, or somebody breaks up with you, or something happens out where through a tremendous amount of pain, you realize that that you either move forward into the new or allow the the situation to literally to consume you. It's in essence what happened to Luke Skywalker when he um, you know when he refused the call because that's what he does. He refuses the call and he tells. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, no, I'm just going to stay home because, you know, my uncles need me and they're, they're, they're old and I'm young and, you know, they need my help. And so he goes out, you know, on a, on a weekend excursion because he loses a robot, if you've ever seen the movie. And then while he's away, the, the dark forces come and they kill his uncle, kill and destroy his home. So when he comes back, there's no home anymore. So oftentimes that's what happens. After we refuse the call and, you know, and, and we, yeah, and we come back to our normal lives, um, the desire of the soul is so strong to move in a new direction that it will bring about the situation where, where your current lifestyle will literally be destroyed by something, some external force. And now you're free. Now you're free to go. Now you're free to embark on the transformational journey. So as Reverend Michael Beckwith, one of my teachers and mentors um, on the spiritual journey, often says, you can either be pushed by pain or pulled by a vision. So it's either pain 
that is pushing you towards seeking, you know, um, a new way of being, becoming more loving, more compassionate, more accepting, whatever it is, more courageous, um, or is the vision for something better out there, something, a life, a career, a relationship, uh, something that is awaiting for you. And as you begin to, to then to, to inhabit this vision, to hang out with this vision, um, to spend time with this vision, the vision itself begins to guide you. You begin to, you get a sense that there's something bigger, bigger that it's guiding your step. Okay, so this is when you know you're on your, on your true path, when literally you surrendered where you surrender because the truth, the thing about this path is that um, you, it's being created, is being created a lot as you take every step. And that's one of the things that makes it so scary, you know, in a, in a world in which we live where there is an instruction for doing everything, you know, every time you go to a shop, you go to Ikea, you go to any store, you get, you know, you're given, you're given a book or um, a little pamphlet or a little you know sometimes it's just like a little photocopy sheet of paper that says assembling instructions on how to put something together but when it comes to our path the truth is that there are no instructions there's no instructions whatsoever it literally is a path that it must be navigated in so many ways um, in the dark and what i mean by that is by trusting something deeper within yourself you know, in the, in the book uh, Courage by Osho, it's um, probably my favorite of the Osho books that I've read. He gives this wonderful description about what following your true path really means. And he talks about how in India, um, there were two beggars, one who was blind and the other one who had no legs. And one day, uh, these two beggars who, by the way, they hated each other because they were competing for people's uh, charity and money. They begged on the same corner. Um, but one day, the, the streets, they catch on fire, right? And so um, they just instantly knew that if they wanted to save themselves, they had to work together, right? So they just knew that the blind guy had to get on the shoulders of the guy um, sorry, um, the blind guy who could not see but had legs had to pick up the guy who had no legs, who had eyes but could see. <laughs> and it was by carrying him, by putting him on his shoulders that he was able to tell him turn right, turn left, and they were able to escape the fire. So what Osha talks about then in his book, he says that the, the mind or the intellect, it's like the legs, right? They can take action can get you wherever you want to go, but it cannot really truly see. And the heart is like the beggar that has um, eyes, but has no legs, right? The essence of what following your path or the path of emotional mastery or the essence of what it means to live from the love, wisdom, and power of your heart is that it is through energizing your heart, you create a unified field or coherence between the heart and the brain where now you are accessing a bigger field of intelligence 
that allows you then to know that you know to take action. That's where the power is and to come from a place of love, which means from a place of service. What does that mean? Well, it means then that you are, you know where you're going because something deep inside is driving you and it's literally guiding you through your feelings, through your intuition, right? Through, your, through the deep sense of knowing, which is how your heart speaks to you. And it's using the capacity of the mind and the intellect to plan, to organize, to schedule things, okay? So the mind is a wonderful tool for planning. It's a creative tool, right? And it's also, at the same time, it's taking action. It's taking all the necessary steps. That's why that's where the courage is required. Okay, so... That is what it means to then literally be truly and powerfully following your own path. Now, what I want to talk about now is I want to share with you uh, what are what I believe are at least um, eight eight um, eight criterias or eight signs that you want to watch out for that are going to immediately tell you um, if you have come off course and you're not really truly following the path of your heart. Okay, so number one, you are not following the path of your heart, your true path, if there's already a path in front of you. I think we already alluded to that. Your path, your path is unique to you. If you can see that there's a path neatly laid out in front of you with instructions on how to get there, I'm sorry, that is not your path. Remember, your path doesn't exist, at least in the physical linear world. It exists in, in, in the nonlinear, in the world of the absolute, which you, which you access through your heart, through your vision. But it doesn't exist. It's there in potential. It exists as a quantum possibility. But the only, re, the only way you create it is step by step with every action that you take. That sounded like the Something like a sun, step by step with every action that you take, exactly. That's when you know you're in your true path. And that's, it is that sense of uncertainty. You know, you walk the path oftentimes feeling like you are messing it up, oftentimes feeling like you are so doing the wrong thing, or not feeling like thinking that you're doing the wrong thing, but knowing deep down that that is the right thing. Almost like you're saying, you, almost like, have you ever done something where, where people ask you, like, why are you doing this? And you say, I don't know. It makes no sense. Yet I know that's what I need to do. Well, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So if there's not a path, if there's already a path in front of you, then you're not following your path. Number two, you're not following your true path if you're trying to do it, do it all on your own. Okay, the truth is that we are not meant to walk this path all alone. We're not. Even though it looks like we're walking it alone, the truth is that the moment you make the decision that you want to become a coach, you want to uh, write a book, or moment, you know, whatever it is that you feel is, is the next stage of your path is asking you to do, at that moment, all the right teacher, the right mentors, all, you, know, you will summon all the archetypical forces that will bring about all the support that you need. Okay, so yes, there will be time when you're going to be walking it on your own, but the truth is that you will have a lot of, a lot of support. You know, it's like this Camino I'm about to walk, I'll be walking it, 
And yes, I'm gonna, it's going to be Gabriel taking the step and feeling my own resistance and my pain in my body and emotions that will come up and memories, right? But there'll be other people walking it with me. There'll be a place where I'll be fed, where I'll be giving a comfortable bed. It might be a stranger with whom I might open up my heart and share what's happening with me or someone I might listen to. So we're, we, we have each other. We have each other. So, you know, the, we, there, there will be plenty of Gandalfs and Merlins, Merlins or Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, out there. The moment you choose to walk your own path. Number three, you're not following your true path if you're constantly avoid facing your biggest fears. Remember that the path requires you to face your biggest fears on a daily basis. Okay, and what this means in, in terms of practicality, what does this actually mean? Well, it means oftentimes saying to someone what you're most afraid of saying, asking for what you're most afraid of asking, doing what you're most afraid of doing. You know, like a couple of podcasts, we spoke about how to have difficult conversations. So oftentimes, the past requires you to have very difficult conversations. The most difficult ones being the ones that you're having with yourself, with the man in the mirror or the woman in the mirror. And be aware that oftentimes you're going to project these fears onto other people. Okay. And it's going to look like it's out there and people who are rejecting you when they're really just showing you aspects of yourself that are rejecting yourself, ways in which you are rejecting yourself. Okay, so just be aware of that. The path requires you to do that, to face your biggest demons, to, to, have, um, to deal with conflict. Number four, you know you're not following your true path if you avoid pissing other people off or inconveniencing other people off by saying no to them. Being on your path requires you to constantly say no to other more tempting, pleasurable path, you know, things that your family would tell you you should be doing instead, what your friends tell you, oh, no, man, you know, why don't you do this instead? It's easier, it's more convenient, you know, and, and anything else that society has laid out already for you. You have to be willing to feel the guilt or the shame that will come up inevitably whenever you say no to someone else, to someone else or inconvenience them or piss them off. So if you're not pissing somebody off, if you're not pissing off your family, your friends, or you know whoever, your clients, because you're saying no to them because you want to go in a different direction, which is ultimately what makes a path, you know, then you're not following your true path. The path of your heart requires you to inconvenience others. Number five, you're not following your true path if you are not regularly journeying into the depth of your own heart, into what I call the void inside of your heart. So even though you're going to be walking outwardly, the, you know, and it's going to look like you're out, out there doing things with people and moving in the direction of your dreams or whatever that may mean for you, the ultimate truth about the path of the heart is that it's, it's a journey to, towards the center of your own existence. And this is going to require you that you take regular time or periods to go into that dark cave or the closet of your mind, to descend into the, the void 
inside of your heart. Oftentimes what that means, it's going to all those places where there's no love inside of you, going into your darkest emotions. You know, oftentimes I found this is um, where a lot of the, my own addictions, for example, came from. Okay, therefore, it is important that you create time regularly to meditate on your heart, to build up the, your emotional capacity to love your own darkness, to love your own void. That is an inevitably, inevitable, inevitable part of the path, of your true path. Remember, the, the transformation, even though um, it appears that you're doing all these things on the outside, but what makes, it, what makes it the path of the heart is you're really journeying toward the core of your being. Number six, you're not following your true path if you're not experiencing long periods of hard work with zero rewards. You know, those, those, those moments when you're just working and working, you got your nose down and you're working and you're walking and you're walking and you're walking. And you're kind of like looking around to see somebody recognize how hard you're working or the pain that you're enduring. And there's like no one there to say, hey, Gabriel, you're doing a great job, man. Keep walking. I'm proud of you. There's no one. So you're going to cross deserts and valleys and go through periods of hard inner and outer work without anyone watching other than the divine within you. And all, obviously your unseen helpers. Um, and, you know, along the journey, you know, you'll, you're going to look back and you're going to notice that during those times you were building a tremendous amount of confidence, uh, self-worth. You know, you'll, you'll look back on, on these periods as the difficult years um, or those periods where you learn to walk, you know, walk for the sake of walking, uh, you know, giving for the sake of giving, growing for the sake of growing, getting to know you, but not necessarily because of the destination or because some, some kind of a reward you were going to get at the end. You know, I remember when I first started on, on this journey as a coach and beginning to share my work through newsletters and, and you know, the, the, these kind of things that I do these days, I put out as guided meditations and, and, and articles. I remember I would go through periods sometimes months where I would just send out newsletter after newsletter and there would be like no comments, no feedback, not a thank you. Oh, great. I loved it. Gab. Thanks for sending this out. Like nothing, nothing. And I remember sometimes I would sit down alone at nine and I would cry. I would cry and I would feel, I would, I would sit down and I would be like, God, is this, is this really helping anybody? Is this worth it? Because it seems like I'm doing it, but it's helping me and I'm putting it out there, but it's like nobody notices. Is, any, is, this really, is this really what you want me to do? Literally, I would, go, I would go through periods like that. And then sometimes I felt like throwing the towel and like giving up. It's like, well, if I stop writing, if I stop doing this, probably people will not, will not care anyway, because it doesn't sound like it's really anybody cares. And whenever I arrived at a decision where I would do that, where I would say, I'm not doing this anymore because nobody's noticing it, inevitably, invariable, I would get an email or a message from somebody that would say something along the lines of, Gabs, thank you for this. I was going to kill myself. Um, and if I had not read this, uh, 
I would not be here right now. You gave me the courage to go on. You gave me the courage to continue or, you know, something along the lines, somebody, something would, someone would really come up with some kind of a, um, yeah, um, testimonial about how whatever I had shared had deeply transformed them. Then I would kind of look up and look up to the heavens and go like, oh, okay, you're letting me know that you're giving me a sign to carry on. So your journey will inevitably take you through those deserts, those valleys, but trust that there is a higher intelligence that you connect through your heart that is noticing, that is noticing how hard you are working, that is supporting you. Number seven, you're not following your true path if you're not, not really, if you're not taking time to celebrate the miles that you have traveled. To be fully alive also means that you experience the joy or the bliss of being alive by celebrating the miles that you have traveled, the experiences that you've encountered, the people that you have met along the way, and the progress that you're making. Okay, you know, it's so easy. It's so easy to get so caught up on the next action on your to-do list in order to, you know, the next step along your path. But oftentimes, is we don't take enough time to really to look back and see how much you have grown, how much you have changed. You know, that happens to me. I'm, I'm definitely guilty of that. Sometimes because I'm my nature as an overachiever and um, uh, it's part of my Aries nature. You know, I have a tendency to create and do, you know, but I don't sometimes give myself plenty of time to reflect and look back and say, wow, look how much I've grown. Look how much I have um, changed, how different I am, you know, and, and it seems like, um, especially more so these days, the, these transformations and shifts are happening more and more and more rapidly. I don't know what, I don't know how it's happening in your experience, uh, but in mine, it just seems like. I know. I can already tell you. Like three months ago, I was in such a completely different space. I'm like light years, you know. And 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 in the past, I think the transformation that I've seen in myself in the past three months, it's something that it it's probably something I would have seen in three years. You know, I don't know what your experience has been, but I have a feeling that if you're listening to this, yours is probably very similar to mine. So it's important that you take the time to open up that bottle of wine, to put on some music, to celebrate, to journal, you know, or just simply have some friends over and say, hey, what are, I just want to celebrate. What are you celebrating? Celebrate life, all the changes, all the season, this new moon, the new person I'm becoming, you know, whatever it is that I got through that I was very sad last week and I'm not sad anymore this week, or I'm a little bit less sad or whatever it is that you're celebrating, but it's important that you give yourself to celebrate, I mean, the, the, um, the 12 virtue of the heart, which is honor. That's what it means to honor yourself. It's part of self-love to honor yourself. You know, that's one of the things that we, that makes us different from our animal, animal world and from our dogs, the ability to self-reflect. Um, so it's a wonderful gift to be able to look at yourself and then just simply say, you know, we, we have this beautiful word, namaste, the, the divinity in me honors, the divinity in you. You know, imagine just looking at yourself in the mirror and basically saying, hey, I honor 
myself, the person on the other side of the mirror, not only their divinity, but the journey that I have traveled, that we have traveled together. Number eight, you're not following your true path if you are not embracing the pain that will come every time you come off the path. Every time you go back to sleep, every time you get distracted, every time you begin to follow somebody else's path. And that will happen. That will inevitably happen. You know, the, the truth is about the path is that um, it, is, it is as self-correcting as a, um, an airplane that is an autopilot. I'm not sure if you know this, but uh, most, most airplanes that, that operate on autopilot um, they, they never travel on a straight line along the path or along their route path. They're constantly being off course. They're constantly, why? Well, there's wind, the earth is moving, the airplane is moving, um, there's clouds that get in the way, there's storms. And so what happens is the airplane is constantly adjusting, self-correcting. It literally is always coming off the path and coming back into the path off the path, coming back off the path. You know, the truth is that it is your inner wisdom that you access through your heart, through your feelings, what will let you know when you've come, when you come off the path. Yes, there will be times or aspects of the part that will be painful. There will be when you're facing, as I was take, talking earlier, those blocks to love. But oftentimes there will be also the pain that will be associated with Whenever you fall off your path, whenever you stop following your path. Um, I'm trying to think of an example of my own life um, when that has happened. Well, I'll tell you, it's a bit, um, um, there was a time, there was a time when I was beginning this work um, where I was still quite addicted to pornography. And um, I would go and teach a, um, a seminar or, or um, teach a class or whatever. And then, you know, I would come home and, uh, and then feel after being in such a high space of love and connection and all of that, I would feel very disconnected. And then I would turn towards pornography um, as a way to, um, yeah, as a way to sort of distract myself from the void and the, how disconnected and lonely I felt. And then um, after I got done, you know, watching, watching pornography and I would immediately be uh, invaded or just connect with this pain. Um, and the feeling inside of me that was like, ah, this is not who I want to be. I don't want to be this guy that is like experiencing this joy, connecting and bringing people together and then alone at home and, you know, in the darkness when nobody's watching, he's watching porn. And it, it wasn't a moral thing, you know, because I don't believe from a moral perspective there's anything wrong with porn. Um, it's an expression of our sexuality, you know, created by adults. So it's not, it's not, a, it's not coming from a moralistic um, view or, or believe. It's just coming from a place of, what my heart is really longing for and desiring is a relationship with someone that I deeply love, with whom I'm connecting physically, emotionally at this level. And so I felt the pain of not 
being or having what I wanted, um, not being on that path because, and actually doing something that I, at that moment, it's, it's keeping me off the path. And so oftentimes then, you know, along the path, you will be inevitably um, confronted with these, the, the pain, sometimes physical pain, sometimes emotional pain um, of being of your path, of your, of your path. You know, and the only thing that really works in, in my experience is self-compassion. You know, that's ultimately what allowed me to transcend, you know, my addiction to porn um, and food and social media and a lot of other things, you know, because oftentimes it's, it's, it's just it's some, something that we look for outside of ourselves to distract it or keep us from feeling that pain feeling our own sense of disconnection from our higher power and so just know that that ultimately it is the heart itself and your ability to offer yourself that compassion what, what i mean by that is to see yourself as a being who's in pain to see yourself as someone who has a deeper longing or a deeper desire and that at that time this moment is this is the best way you know on how to you know deal with your disconnect deal with your void until enough light begins to flow from your heart and enough compassion begins to get in that you begin to find ways in which you are more aligned uh, or, or, or ways that are ways that are more in alignment with your path. I guess that's what I'm trying to say um, that ultimately allow you to feel more connected and more alive and more, uh, more you, more you. And this is what I mean when I said, you know, earlier, like every time I would go into the dark space, I would tell myself, this is not who I want to be. This is not who I really am. Okay. So there you go. These are the literally nine um, ways to know when you're not really following the true path. Just to recap, as we're coming to the end of our time together is number one, you don't really have a clear vision that it's unique to you as to what this path is about, what it is that you want to accomplish, be, do, or have. So it begins there. Number two, if there's already a path in front of you, right? If there's a path in front of you, then it's not your path. You make it up as you go along. Number three, when you're trying to do it all on your own, we're not meant to do this alone. There's a lot of help and support. Oftentimes, all you have to do is ask. Four, when you are constantly avoiding facing your biggest fears, the path requires you to face your dragons, okay? Five, when you're avoiding pissing or uh, inconveniencing other people, okay? The moment you start saying no, literally, you know, this is where I'm going, not there, not here, this, which means you have to say no to everything else that's not in alignment with your path. And along the way, you are going to inconvenience others who want you to be a different way, who want you to make them happy. Okay, number um, six, if you don't regularly journey into the depth of your own heart, into your own void. Number seven, if you don't experience long periods of hard work with zero rewards, okay? Where you, where it feels like nobody is noticing your growth, but only you. Number eight, if you don't celebrate the miles that you have traveled, if you don't take time to honor 
um, how much you are changing, how much you're growing, and all the things you're achieving along the way, no matter how small they are. And then number nine, if you don't embrace the pain that you will experience every time that you come off your path. Please remember that ultimately, the path of the heart is a path of personal transformation and growth. So in the end, it will never be about what you achieved. It will be about, it's, it will be about the path itself. It will be about the, how you walked it and the person that you became along the way and the new qualities and the new gifts that you, that you developed. Who you are as a result. Ultimately, when you leave this place, this world, that's the only thing you're going to be able to take with you as a soul. The experiences uh, and how much you grew in your capacity to, to be more loving, more giving, more forgiving, more compassionate, um, more love, more loving, more, more wise, more powerful, and use these qualities of, of, of the divine um, and express them while you were here alive. Okay, we have come to the end of our time together, so I want to thank you and appreciate you uh, once again for all the, yeah, all the time you've given me um, if you're still listening, if you're still hanging on to what I've been sharing with you. If you have enjoyed today's topic and you want to learn more about what coaching can do for you, I'd like, you to, um, I'd like to invite you to please consider booking a session with me. Uh, you can also sign up for one of my online courses. Um, or, um, yeah, or learn more about up, my upcoming seminars, my Path of the Heart seminars around the world. Let us just know for ourselves and for each other that this flame of love, wisdom, and power within our own hearts that became fully active um, during our initial prayer is now, as we leave our time together, magnifying and continue to guide us, direct us, and protect us along our own unique individual path. I hope that you have learned a lot um, and remembered a lot. Um, you know, for me, learning and remembering oftentimes mean exactly the same thing. And that, um, yeah, and remember that your heart, which is your inner source of love, wisdom, and power, is always, is always, is always what will win um, or help you grow or transcend any situation or problem that you have in your life. Until the next time we meet, I send you all of my love. And once again, thank you very much for being here with me today. Bye-bye. Take care.